Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Jules, and I am here on Blog Talk Radio to talk about all things gluten-free. So we'd like to take your questions if you have any and you want to call in, but we can also fill the time talking about everything under the sun when it comes to living and baking gluten-free. And I've got to say that I'm really thrilled to open this radio show with my good friend Lee Tobin as my first guest. We've been talking about doing this for a while now, but there's always something else keeping us busy and sort of keeping us from doing it. So when our schedules finally meshed, we decided to just go for it. Um, For those of you who may not know Lee, he's actually a fellow celiac and found himself at the time a baker of wheat products at Whole Foods in Chapel Hill, if you can believe it, experimenting with gluten-free baking on the side, and he was working really, really hard at it, so hard actually that he was able to set up a dedicated bakery shift at Whole Foods to produce gluten-free baked goods for that Chapel Hill store. They were so well-received, which seems funny now. I guess that anybody would ever doubt how popular gluten-free baked goods would be. But his challenge ended up being how to keep up with the volume needed to satisfy customer demand. So leaving um, the very staunch advocate for gluten-free that he is, finally convinced Whole Foods to dedicate a huge separate facility just to baking gluten-free. And the Gluten-Free Bakehouse was thus born in 2004. And it's now staffed with about two dozen bakers, right, Lee? Uh, yes, uh, we have about two dozen bakers. It, it uh, our our staff uh, grows during the holidays, but uh, that's about where we are now. Yeah, we all get busy baking during the holidays, don't we? Oh yes, <laughs> we're well, busy I, pretty much year round. I know, and you guys, I've been there several times. This bakehouse is absolutely amazing. It's it's a mecca for people who eat gluten-free to get to come and do the tours when, when they do get to do that when they open the facility. But it is so fun. It's a huge, huge facility. And the people who work for you, Lee, are just so dedicated. When John Forberger and I approached um, you and Whole Foods with our crazy idea to build the world's tallest gluten-free cake um, your team was actually eager to take it on, which I think surprised all of us a little bit. And when I went to North Carolina to help work on the cake formula and bake out, like, what, 40 of the 180 <laughs> cakes you guys had to bake, I experienced their enthusiasm and love for their jobs firsthand. And it was really, really neat to see. Um, and I'm sure most of that could be credited to you because you're obviously very fun and um, people love you dearly and are really happy to have you around. So, um, with, for, without further ado, I guess I should just introduce you, Lee. All of that being said, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, uh, having me as your first guest. Oh, absolutely. Lee and I, for those of you who don't know, um, go way back in doing some cooking classes and things together and have had some pretty funny experiences that we may or may not get into on air um, <laughs> with gluten-free. The most the most recent being, um, as I mentioned, building the world's tallest gluten-free cake, and that is also known as the 1 in 133 event. And, um, Lee, I'm not sure if you even know this, but the latest out of the FDA, which we just heard this week, is that they have been as busy as they promised they would be, and we expect to get something out of them, um, if not by the end of this month, by the first week or so of August in terms of releasing their safety assessment, which is what we were so excited about doing with the 1 in 133 event, that we were all pushing the FDA to actually establish a standard for gluten-free food labeling and be able to actually um, have some uniformity in 
the labeling laws in the United States like they have in, in Europe. So Lee and his team worked super, super hard with us in doing that, and we were able to actually build the world's tallest gluten-free cake, and we had two members of Congress there and the FDA deputy commissioner and a lot of onlookers and lots and lots and lots of grassroots support for the cause. And because of that, you know, we really have gotten their attention, and they mobilized really quickly when it comes to government. It was kind of surprising that we were able to get this moving as quickly as possible, but that's in large part thanks to you, Lee. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. It would, I, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. Uh, I, I expected they were the FDA was going to step it up, and uh, uh, it's, it's just great to hear that uh, they're going to uh, release this. Uh, is this a final standard or uh, uh, a revised proposed standard? Yeah, it's the revised proposed. Um, basically, it's a little bit confusing the way the the labeling standards go, but they, I guess, have to release the safety assessment, let everyone comment on it for a period of time, and then right. make sure that it is really what they wanted to say and explained um, well that you know so it can be implemented easily by manufacturers and understood by consumers. And then after that period, then it will go into the implementation phase, which you know could be a year before it's a final um, implemented rule that everyone has to comply with. But in the interim, manufacturers, we would expect, would catch up and understand that that's where they needed to be and move in that direction for gluten-free labeling, which right. is pretty it's been fantastic. A long, time, long time coming. I remember, uh, oh, it was just after we first opened, I was invited to uh, speak to the FDA on our standards uh, on for, for you know how we back up our claim that our products are gluten free, and we had just opened, uh, and we had just uh, we had just started our testing lab. Uh, so I went and, and uh, uh, spoke on that. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sure it. that made a difference at the time too, because you guys were really at the forefront of this opening the bakehouse in 2004. That's I mean That's really right. progressive. That's really amazing, and you should be lauded for that. But, you know, bringing in all of the – how many gluten-free products do you guys have now? Uh, it, it fluctuates. Um, we're close to 30. Um, wow. We are actually working on a lot of new products, which I wish I could talk about. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, well, I could say that we're, we're working on some more dairy-free items. We're – we're yay, <laughs> these dairy-free fans out there. Um, yes. We do get so many requests. So, so uh, you know, our new light white bread sandwich bread that we just released uh, a couple months, few months back, uh, is doing really well. So we'd like to extend that line. Uh, so you should see some more, some more uh, dairy-free lighter versions of our our sandwich breads. Um, Fantastic. Somebody was just uh, asking me on Twitter today about where do they get a good light white recipe or you know pre-baked loaf for gluten-free. It's definitely been hard to come by a really good one. So it's awesome to see you in that category. So we're we're working on working feverishly uh, on a lot <laughs> of lot of different uh, items, and and we'll pick the best uh, the feel, the products we feel are, are most suitable and. Uh, uh, get them to market hopefully before the before the holidays. So, yeah, uh, I bet a lot of people would be surprised to hear that you guys are probably already starting to bake pie crust for Thanksgiving, aren't you? 
Well, we don't bake them. We. Uh, Sorry, we, uh, I mean mixing and well, extruding actually, and forming. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, actually we do bake. We're baking pie tomorrow. We're making some apple pies at the bakehouse tomorrow morning. I was just um, prepping for that uh, not too long ago. <laughs> um, uh, but we do we do both uh, uh, finished pies, apple cherry. Uh, We'll do pumpkin for the holiday, pecan. Uh, we do peach for the summer um, in, a, in a, a smaller size. And then we do full-size full, full size pie shells that are uh, what we call blind pie shells. They're just uh, frozen, raw mm-hmm. uh, pie dough that's formed into a aluminum foil pan. And uh, our customers can bake their own, put their own pies together and bake them, bake them fresh. So, uh, yeah, that's, we do and that's both, huge. Uh, I mean, yeah, any any feeling of normalcy at the holidays like that, to, you know, most people honestly don't, you know, bake their own or roll out their own regular wheat shells. So no, they go to the store and buy a frozen one, and, and it's nice to have those options in gluten-free. Yes, they do. It, it is nice to, to offer uh, uh, things that uh, can can give people a chance to get their hands dirty in their kitchen. Um, I, I find that... Uh, you know, I was di- diagnosed with celiac disease in '96, and I had worked as a chef and baker for uh, all my life, really, uh, uh, in restaurants, hotels, uh, and because I always felt like because I had a background in food and I had an understanding of it, I I adapted very easily to the diet. Um, much more more so than folks who customers who would come into the store and and ask me questions about you know what what do I do? My doctors told me I need to be gluten free. I don't I don't know where to start. And uh, after talking to these folks, I, I realized that that some folks don't you know they 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 eat in restaurants a lot. They uh, don't do a whole lot of cooking, and they're not really all that up on what's in the food that they're eating. So they have a hard time. Uh, reading labels and and you know they they go through a big bigger learning curve than than most. So I always like to to do what I can to make it easier for for folks. Whether it be uh, when I'm doing our store events, I always like to take people around our stores and show them. Uh, you know, I'll do an organized tour of our store uh, and show them all the gluten free items that are available. Uh, make it easier to find. Uh, their way around the store, uh, give them some tips on on adapting to the diet, uh, saving saving money on on uh, gluten free items in the store, um, dietary uh, uh, recommendations. Um, did you did you know the, the Have you seen the new FDA uh, food guidelines? For for what? Oh, you mean the new pyramid? That's not a pyramid anymore. Exactly. They've done away with the food pyramid. They've mm-hmm. given you they've given you a dinner plate. Yeah, and, isn't that funny? There's, there's a glass of milk off to the side to to indicate dairy. Yeah, and, but uh, I like the fact that it's off to the side because it means you don't have to have dairy on your plate. But if you right. want it off to the side, you can have it off to the side. Makes it easier for dairy free folks, huh? That's right. 
But, but and I'm I glad would... you're doing a lot more dairy-free stuff, too. We talked about that. I think there's there's so many people who, by choice or um, by additional dietary restrictions, um, you know, for lactose intolerance or otherwise, can't tolerate dairy. And it's just so nice to have those options. I mean, when we did the World's Tallest Cake, it was dairy-free, too. It was. We used your uh, your uh, cake flour, didn't we? Um, yes, we did. Yeah. We we baked it all in the in at the bakehouse, but uh, um, we used your flour, and I don't even remember how many pounds of eggs and pounds of uh, oh, earth I think balance it was on the website and, somewhere. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> earth balance. We used dairy free, and we had um, earth balance soy milk. We had uh, all kinds of stuff going on. It was it was good though. I mean, it was a it's a good tasty cake. The people who got to decorate those side cakes and got to have a chunk of it, which was nice. And then um, we also got to donate the balance of the cake to the local food shelter, which was really great. All I was right. glad we were able to do that. At the end of the night, we were so exhausted. <laughs> we still had to take the cake apart. I, I, I was swear. loopy. I... Uh, yes, you were. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a morning person. As a baker, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning. So I know. Well, <laughs> we you were up baking. at the wee hours of the night the night before with us putting right. this together, too. So it was pretty funny. It was a good the time. Hotel had a room for us, but yeah, we had a good time, and uh, I think you did a lot more work on it than I did. I had a lot, a lot more of the the uh, work at the bakehouse and getting getting uh, the cakes. I think we had a pallet of cake and a, uh, a pallet of frosting mixed up and and sent up to the the hotel there. And uh, yeah, yeah, it um, was. It was seven hundred pounds of frosting. I think, if my memory serves, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And how yeah, how tall uh-huh. did we go? Was it eleven? It, no, it was um, it was I guess it was eleven feet, like something like almost three inches. So it was almost like eleven thirty-three, which you know, one and one three three. So <laughs> if if we had known we were that close, we would have just put a little dollop of frosting on the end. We were all so exhausted at that point, but it was that was one of those things. As Chef Aaron, our friend Chef Aaron, who was running the Embassy Suites there where we had the event, said, "You know, this is on my bucket list." Do you remember when he said that? Then I said, "What are you talking about?" He was building the world's tallest gluten-free cake was on my bucket list. I was like, "Right." <laughs> he said, "Well, it's not anymore." Because <laughs> yeah, I was, oh my goodness, good. we were all running on empty. It was unbelievable how we were able to pull that off. But it was all for good cause. It was with good friends, and um, I think it was. You know, we obviously were able to accomplish, at least make good strides towards our goal because we've heard from the FDA since then. But even having the FDA commissioner there, the deputy commissioner Mike Taylor, talking to us saying, wow, like I had no idea that this community was so mobilized in the same direction and was so passionate about this cause. And, you know, to us in the community, it's, you know, obviously it's a no-brainer. We need gluten-free food labeling because we need to understand what's in our food and what isn't so we can shop safely. And to someone outside the community, which we don't step outside, you know, our community that often to think about something like that. But it's easy to see from that perspective why he wouldn't have necessarily understood how important that was to us. And well, there, I'm just glad we're moving in the right direction. There were a lot of people behind the scenes uh, um, who helped make that happen, uh, Andrea Laverio and, and Beth Hilson. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and John Forberger was, I mean, my partner in crime and the whole thing. He and I sort of hatched this plan last fall and, you know, just kept saying, yeah, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And the fact that it actually happened was, it still is amazing to me. But he, um, 
you know, he was tireless in this thing, I swear. He wrote so many letters, and he contacted so many news media organizations, and, you know, it was really instrumental. And and there's so many pieces to that puzzle. I mean, think about all the people who showed up that day at the event. We had never met before, and they just came right. in good faith and showed up and dedicated their time and energies. I mean, tons of bloggers, but tons of people who just eat gluten-free, and this means something to them. We had a, a gentleman, professional photographer, you know, come and take all these pictures and, and give them to us for free because his family eats gluten-free. And, I mean, it was just so heartwarming. The whole thing was just a wonderful experience and, and for us to have come out on the other side and, and really see that our goal in, um, is really in our sights now, you know, um, is pretty neat. But just mm-hmm. the community effort in, in and of itself was so great. And your team was just so instrumental in that and even just – outside the of the bakehouse, the marketing team at Whole Foods putting things together and all of our sponsors. It just it was it still just sort of gives together. me this bump. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we were all able to accomplish, but only because we were all working together, which is exactly. really, really neat. Yeah. And and you know, I guess what's the saying, you know, you get more with sugar, um or with honey than with, with vinegar and, and certainly that applies with cake. <laughs> I think we impressed some people with some cake. I know. Do your listeners know that? Uh, do your listeners know that we are both from uh, from North Carolina? I, here they go with the accent. I'll pull mine out. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll I'll tweet something or I'll put something on Facebook and say y'all, and I get some people saying, "Oh, that's great." And other people saying, "What?" But yeah, we're both from North Carolina. In fact, the first time I ever met you. You were doing a cooking demonstration with Aaron, and it was in this huge cavernous room, and I watched in the back, and you said something about, well, they really like this back at home in North Carolina where I'm from. And I, do you remember I, like, hooted in the back room, like, yeah, go Tar Heels. No, that <laughs> was you. You looked up, and you were like, what? <laughs> yeah, and then in, in the back afterwards it was so funny because I went back there and I was like, sorry, I was catcalling you, but it was all for a good cause. Yeah, the, and then, so you, you know. That was me. That was <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have admitted to that. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. But it it can't top the conference we did in Chicago where you flew in to bake pretzels with me and I was on oh, crutches. Yes. And, oh, my gosh, that was – I tell you, you know what? All of you people who are listening and think that um, – the life of a you know gluten free baker might be something you want to do. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> there are hazards to it, and but we have a good time. We do, and there the community's are. awesome. Yeah, it's it's good times. But you know we've all had those flops, and you're just standing in front of an audience. You're like, uh huh, okay. How are we gonna work with this? And um, you know, and then you have those other things that are just so touching, where people cry when they taste your food, and you know you just know you've done. Yep. Good things, and this I just I feel so blessed to be part of this community, and and to know people like you, and and count you as my my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I, we vacation together. We need to. <laughs> we, we even take to, time uh, off once in a while. We need to do some more cooking classes together. It's been a while. It has been a <laughs> while. Love, it has been a while. I really enjoy I, doing I, that because I I feel like if if folks who are on the diet are are not cooking for themselves they're they're missing out yeah oh absolutely it, it, it's we, really it's not that hard and uh, no it's really not it's, so it's not that hard but i think you know the challenge is there's so many people as you said at the beginning of the show there's so many people who are 
suddenly diagnosed or suddenly find out that they have to eat gluten-free, and they never did cook before because right. the way that our lifestyles are right now, people are, you know, it's people are just so busy and, and they're running from one thing to another and juggling two exactly. things at one time. And so all of a sudden they're faced with, oh, my goodness, I can't eat out as, as easily as I could before or the takeout dinners aren't what they should be or what have you. And they think, I can't bake. I've never baked before. And so that's that's been sort of my main goal in what I do mm-hmm. is, is teaching people that it's not that hard and it doesn't right. have to be a lesson in chemistry every time you go to make something. It can be much, much easier than that if you want it to be. And it's within everybody's you know grasp to do that and that's been that's been a lot of fun but a big challenge for me is to just sort of get that message across but you know when we get together we like to bake like you know when we have dinners together we don't want to go out we want to bake food it's it's a it's it's part of the the fun of the whole thing too i mean do you remember that seafood pot pie we made down at the beach and it was like (laughs) what's this going to turn out like you know i mean you just never know but you get to eat your mistakes we had oh pulled out of the bay. <laughs> That's right. We had we had gone clam raking out in the intercoastal, and we brought those. And we just didn't realize how salty they were, did we? Because <laughs> then we they added salt. Yeah, they, yeah, they were they were good, but they were salty. But yeah, yeah it was. Even, it's just even to experienced folks, uh, even experienced cooks and bakers make mistakes. Oh and, yeah, and totally. But then that's part of the charm that's part of the, of the whole process. Thing. Exactly. You just laugh it off. And, and like I said, you eat your mistakes. And, you know, it's rarely are they so bad you can't actually eat them or turn them into something else. <laughs> I mean, and, and for you, it's as long as it looks good, I can take a picture of it and put it on the website. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And But the funny thing is with the pictures we take, I, and I don't think most people understand this because I certainly didn't before I started doing what I do, but most food photography, you can't eat what they took a picture of. I mean, it's been sprayed with hairspray or I mean, they've used cigarette smoke to make bubbles and beer. I mean, it's disgusting, the stuff that they take pictures of and make you think you want to eat it, but they would never eat it. And my rule is when we're done taking pictures, I'm eating it because, you know, I've worked really hard on that and it looks so good to me right now and I want to eat it. So um, we we plow through. Even if it's cold. Yeah, I remember one night we made pizzas and after building this elaborate set to hold up the the lighting and all this kind of stuff, like three hours later and we were so starving and we had not eaten any pizza and it was just like you know we looked at each other and we're like oh my gosh this is ridiculous we need to make two pizzas next time and eat one and photograph the other one but yeah no we take pictures of everything you're right and i think it gets annoying for some people because i'm constantly like wait don't eat that i want to take a picture first (laughs) i like to document my food you know i mean it's my thing but i don't know what are you gonna do well so I had a couple questions, and you and I could talk forever, but I had a couple quick questions that people had sort of sent in and, and other questions that people were asking about gluten-free in general. And I figured, well, I might as well you know, punt one of these questions over to you and see um, how sure. what your take is on it. Um, when people say that gluten-free is so hard to do and they don't understand ingredients and things like that, um, one of the biggest questions is around gums, xanthan gum or guar gum. Do you have a preference? Mm-hmm. Why do you use what you use? And, um, you know, is there a big mystery around what those gums are? Are they scary terms or are they really not such a bad thing? Um. Hmm, good question. The the 
we we use primarily xanthan gum in our products at the bakehouse, mm-hmm. and that's what I have the most experience with. That's what is recommended for for a lot of gluten free recipes. Um, uh, guar gum is the other one you mentioned that uh, um, I've heard has a lot of fiber and can cause a laxative effect uh, mm-hmm. for folks, which. Uh, if you have some classic symptoms of celiac disease, um, might not be a good thing to be to um, be adding too much fiber, and might be cause, cause, causing uh, intestinal problems for for you. So, uh, so we stick with xanthan gum. We use, you know, uh, uh, we don't bake at the bakehouse by teaspoons and tablespoons and cups. Yeah, uh, everything is done by weight. Uh, so we can get accurate measurements, uh, and of course we're doing much larger volumes than you would be doing at home. You know, 200-pound batches of mm-hmm. of a bread dough, but uh, generally it's the same ratios. Uh, we'll use um, same ratios that you'd be using in in uh, mm-hmm. um, your typical recipe. I think it's like a quarter teaspoon per cup of flour uh, for a muffin or a, uh, a cake. Uh, uh, cookie, um, up, up to and that's what you use at home too, right? When you're baking at right, home, you use right. xanthan gum, yeah. I'll well, um, hang you. on. I don't do a, I don't do a lot. No, of you <laughs> what? You don't use? No, when I, I come do. to your house, I do the baking. Yeah, and your you do wife the baking, does yeah. the gorgeous cake decorating. So yeah, right. I'll, I'll bake more, the cake. A lot more decorating. baking than I do. I, I'm yeah. more cook uh, cook at home. Yeah, well, that's why we go so nicely together at dinner because I'll do all the baking, mm-hmm. you do all the cooking, and it's perfect. And sure. we. Enjoy a wonderful meal together. <laughs> it's great. Um, we have a caller on hold right now, so I want to just check in and see what their phone call is all about. We have about four minutes left, so if anybody else wants to call in with a question, press 1 on your phone so you can get in queue, and we'll try to get you in as well. So let me see who is calling here. Hi, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Who's this? Hello, are you still there? This is Hello. Jeff. Hello, anybody there? I think they're in their car. Maybe they'll maybe they'll pick up in a minute. I heard um, a voice, but it. it I know, I but off. it was really far away. Yeah, if you're calling, press one, and it puts you in the queue. But then you have to listen for us to ask you to to chat as well. So, um, well, the other question that had just come in. Um, can you hear and, me now? Oh, I can hear you. Yeah. Hi. This hi. Is did Jeff. you have a question? Oh, hi. Wanted, How are you? Wanted, I'm well, thanks. I wanted to ask Lee uh, without divulging any secrets, just what he can gauge of the growth of the gluten-free market just based on orders from Whole Foods stores, you know, increased orders year over year if if the growth seems to be continuing uh, is it faster than he thought based on last year's numbers without you know, giving away any specifics. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, the market has, has kind of exploded within the past year. A lot of new companies on the scene. Um, a lot more selection for for customers. It's really a good time to to be on the diet, and and as more people put themselves on the diet or have their doctors uh, recommend the diet, um, uh, it just encourages food food producers to to come out with more, um, which is what we're doing. We're you know we're uh, as I said we're trying to make an attempt to expand our product line, um, uh, and and. And Whole Foods is carrying, you know, a larger variety of, of products in the stores. Um, 
Uh, I think the uh, market is, uh, what is it, $2.6 billion. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's, I think it's $2, $2 billion by next year, $2.6 billion by 2015. So mm-hmm. that can give you an idea of, is that, does that sound right? Yeah, um, it is. Uh, that can give you an idea of how, how much the market has grown um, and where it's headed. Uh, and what we, we hope to continue to be part of that. Um, you know, we have a lot of support from our customers, and uh, um, we're excited to continue doing what we do. Thanks for your call, Jeff. Um, let me see if this other caller is still there. Are you Are you there? This is Josh Schieffer from gfreak.com. How are you guys doing? Oh, good to have you. Thanks for joining us. We have about a minute left. Okay, Lee, real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for all the hard work that you've done over the years to get gluten-free food in the Whole Foods. And uh, we were just at the Chapel Hill store uh, yesterday looking in the frozen food section, and we picked up our first loaf of your white sandwich bread. We're excited. Oh, great. Did, did, Did you make a sandwich? No, not yet. We uh, we actually um, went on vacation, and it's sitting in the freezer, so we're excited to, to bust it out and get some sandwiches going. But just Excellent. wanted to call in and, and thank you for all the hard work that you've put in to get the, the food into the stores. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people echo that. Thank you so much for calling, and, yeah, yeah. we all appreciate you, Lee. Thank you. Um, we only have a few seconds left, and I just wanted to um, – Say once again, Lee, thank you for spending a few minutes with us tonight. And um, if anybody has any other questions that they would like to um, email or to send up on Facebook, they can always do that, and we'll post those and see if we can get a response from Lee in his free time. So you can go to Jules Gluten Free um, on Facebook and share those questions as well, or on Twitter, Jules Gluten Free um, on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and have a wonderful gluten-free night. Thank you, Jules. Yeah, it's great to talk to you.